Hey, you guys. It's Monday. Tom is going into the neighbor's video again. Yeah, <laughs> okay, this is good. This will work. Scooting over into this the... I'm going into this, this video work. over here. <laughs> What's up, you guys? It's Monday night, and it's time for a haunting Monday. Yeah. Sorry we were a little bit late. Uh, Tom completely forgot. It was like 10 minutes before we were going to start, and I was like, um, are you going to be ready to do the show? Well, I had all kinds of stuff I had to cook. And he was like, um, I, was in I, the middle. I had to feed her when she comes home at 6. Gave her leftovers. And then I had to cook a pizza for myself. <laughs> but I'm just me messing because I ate those same leftovers. It was good, though. It yeah, was, they it, were good. It was a spaghetti with uh, chicken sausage, like Italian ch chicken sausage. It was good. Yeah. But that's what I had for lunch. Yeah. And so I saved a portion for her to fed her that. I had a peanut butter But I didn't have anything to eat for dinner, so I, I made a little quick pizza. Yeah. But he forgot. But she's not coming home till 6 anyway. Yeah. But, but uh, no, man, she came in the door. That shit was ready. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot how to do a show. I forgot about the time. You know what I mean? It just one thing leads to another. I'm busy in there. Yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, but we're only 20 minutes late. I mean, that's not too bad. That's okay. Some people were liking the later show anyway because uh, you know we got other time zones to worry about. Yeah, that's true. Okay, people are in here. They're coming. They're showing up. Tammy's here. Hey, hey, Tammy. What's, up, What's Tammy? going on? And, you know, and thankfully this wasn't, like, a super, super complicated episode. This was actually a good episode. I'm surprised we didn't never got around to doing it yet. And especially it's because it's one that's, like, more poltergeist Yeah. It's focused. similar it's similar to what happened in Mammoth. It's just that there wasn't as much stuff moving. But I, I remembered this episode, but I forgot that it was a poltergeist case. I did as well. Yeah. It wasn't. And, and what was good about it is that they went ahead and said, yeah, Poltergeists are not ghosts. Poltergeists are manifestations of a person's fucking fears and inner turmoils, you know, uh, um, when you linked up with some, some mysterious psychic abilities, telekinesis, basically. But it's the... They say it's a manifestation of it. I think it's one of the other hemispheres in the brain that's doing it. The, basically, the unconscious or the subconscious. That's what I think does it. Same one that runs dream characters or the characters in your dreams. That's what I think it is. Um, I lived it. Still happens every now and then, but not as good as it was when I was 14. That was when it was real good. Um, although this is happening to an adult female. Yeah. Which, um, it, she seemed like older. I can yeah. really tell how old she was, but yeah. this is a this is an older episode. This was from season one. An older person can do it, but it's never as good as it is with a younger person. It's just statistically, you just read the cases. The closer they are to puberty, the stronger it is. The more movement of objects, the more impressive the phenomena is. This one would be impressive to an adult in a family, though. They thought it was a ghost, same thing. I mean, grabbing kind of, people. Some kind of weird shit happened. Pushing yeah. people, yeah. But yeah, it's just, so like I said, it was just, I was surprised when I was going through the, um, the episode list and I was like, oh, I don't even remember that one. And then like when we were watching it and I'm like, I wonder why we didn't remember this one because this one was yeah. actually pretty good. And yeah. it was poltergeist yeah. themed and that's like, usually you would re have remembered that better. It's happening in the Southwest with um, a bunch of uh, like Latin American Catholics. It's good. It's a good one. Yeah. Latino. And they had both the, they had yeah. the couple on there, like the, um, yeah. The mom and the dad, and I think a couple of the kids too. weren't weren't wasn't yeah. one of the daughters on there? Yeah, like grown up, at least one of them was. Yeah, I think they had two daughters and two sons, but they didn't. Um, I don't think they ever said what the sons' names were, but they said what the girls' names. So the kids weren't all that involved in what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Camp guy said I made pancakes with ricotta and lemon zest. Today oh, that'd be good. With that's some good. good. Thick sliced bacon. Yeah. Oh my god, that yeah. sounds like amazing. That sounds good. Yeah. Save me some. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't made pancakes in a long time. I got pan pre-made pancake mix. Sitting down there, five pounds of it just sitting there aging. We need to start making. That's, Do you that's know? I, you know what? I. Yeah. It's funny because this weekend, I think when we were coming home from the club, I was just kind of like, man, I could go for a big stack of pancakes right now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just really wanted some. Because yeah, I haven't had any in a really long time. Or yeah. waffles. I was just like, yeah. man, I want some pancakes or some waffles or some shit. Got like that, that waffle iron down there. I haven't used in a long time. I know. Maybe we should make some this weekend yeah. or make some. Gotta for get some toppings for it though. Get some well, strawberries yeah. or something. Every time I put this damn wig on, I always have like a phantom hair. Yeah. I guess it like comes in and it's like always like caught behind my glasses and then I can't like. It's ghost can, hair. I can feel it, but I can't move yeah. it. And it's like driving me fucking crazy. All right. So, uh, so is everybody in there? Are we ready to start yeah, talking about some we, ghosts and shit yeah, now? Well, yeah, technically yeah. not ghosts. I know we're not going to get yeah. like all pedantic about it. 
but they kind of lead you to believe that it's ghosts, but then yeah. they spring it on you. Spoiler alert that it's actually not. Yeah, well, they, it manif- they, they, you know, she, she saw some apparitions and it was doing stuff that a ghost would do, and that's what she thought it was, but it turned out that's not what it was. Yeah. And I, I've been there, done that. We, that's what we thought it was, but we didn't know anything about it. Well, I mean, you would think that. I something suppose. invisible, you right. know. So, ghost or demon or something, you know, but it wasn't, ours wasn't that violent, so ghost. Yeah. yeah, this one was a little uh, yeah. cranky. Yeah. This episode is called Cursed, which is kind of a pain. Because the, these ones that have these really generic titles like that, it's yeah. really hard to like find any other like outside information on them because it's like everything cursed. Everything, yeah. Search yeah. like, filter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really yeah, hard to find cool. stuff. But yeah, so this is from season one, and it's episode four. So this whole thing took place in... I don't even think they said what year. Did they say what year this happened? Uh, not that I remember, but I was thinking I was thinking 90s. Maybe. Maybe they mentioned it, but it's like usually if they mentioned it, I would have written it down and I didn't write it down. Yeah. I wrote down the location and I usually write down the location in the year, but I, they must not have said because I didn't write it down unless I just wasn't listening. It was the Southwest somewhere in Nevada. It was Tucson, Arizona, Arizona. Yeah. is where it was. See, I did write that down, yeah. but I don't know what year it was because I think I was waiting for them to say what year and I don't think they ever said. And I said, it doesn't matter. So uh, the couple at the heart of this are named Romy and Fernando I think we, they said their last name was Holbein. Yeah, I don't remember. Or something like that. I couldn't tell exactly like what they were saying, but it sounded like Holbein to me. Yeah. Like Holbein, or like yeah, Han, or like Hans Holbein that yeah. <laughs> that middle that painting Probably from the Middle Ages. Pronunciation of something Latin, or that was a that was not a maiden name. That was a married name. She may have been. She was divorced, I think, wasn't she? Yeah, or I don't know. I just yeah. I I couldn't hear it really, so yeah. that was what I wrote down because that was, was all. It I was heard. a Hispanic family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had four kids. Um, like I said, the kids didn't factor too much into it this time. They only really mentioned both of them's names, and they didn't really mention any of their ages. I think two of them were girls and two were boys. So at the beginning, they're actually staying with Romy's mom while they're looking for a new place to live. So they've been kind of like driving around, like looking for some place to rent or buy or what have you. And one particular day, she said while they were driving around, she felt like inexplicably pulled to this particular neighborhood and to a particular house. Now, this house, um, they didn't like come right out and say this, but it kind of looked like a dump is what I gathered. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but it just looked like a piece of shit. And so they start asking uh, the neighbors, like, what's the deal with this house? And they're like, oh, well, that house is abandoned and nobody's lived in it for a long time. And it's like whenever anybody ever moved in, like they never stay for very long and then they get mm. the fuck out. So even though it looks like a shithole, apparently, um, Romy is like obsessed with it for whatever reason. Like I said, she has some kind of like weird attraction toward it. So she starts, like, obsessively calling around, like, trying to figure out who owns it so that they can buy it off them. So um, she also mentions around this time that she has had the same weird recurring nightmare uh, ever since she was a child. Now, what they showed on the show, like, the reenactment of it, it's almost like she's standing in, it looked like a basement, like, with a dirt floor. And she's, like, looking down at the floor, and yeah. I think it looked like her feet were bare. And then there's, like, a skeleton, yeah. like, kind of partially buried in the dirt. Coming out of the dirt, yeah. Like, coming out of the dirt. And then, now, did I see this wrong? No, it's a garden hose. <laughs> well, there's a garden hose. Yeah. And it was, like, kind of suspended over, like, it was shooting, like, water into yeah, the skeleton's coming, mouth. It, it was coming out of the ground and then bending over. Yeah. And, and shooting a full stream of, of water into its mouth. That's what she kept seeing. Which is really weird because it's like yeah. they they showed that image like a couple of times and I'm like that's oddly specific, that's but what it she didn't. Saw. But it didn't really, yeah. But it never really like factored into anything like what you know it didn't mean anything. But I just thought that was like what a weird thing to dream. Well, in retrospect, with the case and everything, I thought it was it, she was dreaming it, so it was coming from her subconscious mind, same place the poltergeist comes from. So it was a manifestation of some oh, kind of stress or fear that she had. Somebody dead in the desert, trying to die of thirst, and then just being drowned in the water. That type of deal. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It was something, it was two opposites happening at the same time. It was like that. Conflict. It's something from her 
unconscious mind or subconscious mind imagery which I think started the poltergeist because the fear, fear yeah and conflict so that's what it that's my interpretation of it yeah maybe that's because it did seem like kind of like she was inside but it seemed like sand yeah like on the floor of this basement or it, whatever and Arizona's like, a desert yeah Arizona's a desert okay what's the biggest de- danger in a desert dying of thirst yeah so the skeleton's dead but it's got all the water it needs that kind of deal um, in the desert so it's just uh, almost kind of like a creation destruction picture like a yin yang type thing like a snake swallowing its own tail that, that type of imagery like an Ouroboros yeah so it's just uh, the be- it was a it was a vision of her stress and her inner fears and it was centered around that house maybe buying that house was stressful at first and it just kind of snowballed it into that and because it was abandoned she was slightly afraid of that house and didn't know why she was obsessed with it. So she starts thinking about ghosts. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like she said that she'd had that same dream about the skeleton and the hose, presumably, like, since she was a kid. So, okay. like I said, that seemed like a very oddly specific... Since she was a kid. Okay. Yeah. So, that's also a factor. It was some kind of childhood... Some kind of childhood fear. Keeps re- Maybe she got lost in the desert once when she was a kid. It was just an image that scared her as a kid, something the subconscious comes up with. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty weird, because I'm yeah. like looking at it going, is that like a hose? That's like that's very strange. But it yeah. had a meaning to her, it's just that she didn't realize what the meaning was. Right, yeah. So finally, after calling all over the place, she finally finds the person who owns this house, and she buys it off them. Now, she says her brother is like a carpenter or a contractor or something like that, and so he's going to give him a deal and, like, fix it all up and everything. So after a few months, uh, you know, it's all kind of fixed up, and they move in. Uh, At this point, they do, like, a fake jump scare where they're, like, whoa, like, down the hall, and then, like, hand on the shoulder, and it's like, oh, hi, honey. (laughs) Don't sneak up on me like that. Yeah, so they they did, like, some fake jump scare action at at that point. So the, it seemed like the night that they moved in, maybe, or like not too long after they moved in, uh, the girls, the daughters, uh, their names are Veronica and Angelica. They didn't say what the son's names were. But they said they woke up in the middle of the night and they thought that they heard their brothers talking in the hallway. So they get up and they go out into the hall to see what the deal is. Now... The one girl, the older girl, I don't know which one was older or younger, but the older girl kind of like goes down the hall and she like looks in the bathroom and apparently her younger sister is standing in the bathroom like at the sink, like doing her hands on the sink like that was pretty freaky. Well, actually like doing this like on the sink and she's like, what the fuck? Like her. And then she turns around and her sister is like behind her. Like okay, she's so like she saw an image of she there. saw like a doppelganger yeah. of the sister because the sister's like well who do you see and she's like what the fuck and then she looks back and like there's nobody there I'm like ooh that would be like really creepy to me that would be even creepier than seeing like a ghost of like some random motherfucker that you don't know who it is yeah like just like if I if you were with me and then I looked over there and then there was like another you like a ghost yeah. you or something like that that would like I would shit my pants now, who was it that saw it again. Robert? It was the sister. The no, sister. these are the daughters. Okay, so one of the daughters saw that. Saw the sister. See, they both came out the room, and then like one of them, like the littler one, hung back, and the older one kind of went down the hall a little bit, looked in the bathroom, and then she saw the little sister yeah. in the bathroom. But it wasn't there. It wasn't her. But yeah, she no. wasn't her. Like she was behind her. See, I'm, it's unusual because poltergeist cases usually don't have any kind of apparitions, or at least human human looking apparitions, or at least nothing that's con. Nothing that convinces you that it's a solid person, you know. You might see hazy stuff and blue spheres and hazy, that kind of stuff, but you never usually, you don't usually see what appears to be a solid apparition of a person. It is strange. I'd like to hear that girl's story in her own words, you know. Did, yeah. did, did they take liberties with the story? I don't know. I mean, I imagine because yeah. I think they usually do. Yeah. It's but... not typical of poltergeist. uh, that kind of phenomenon yeah I mean I have written about some cases where that happened though 
Like, even the doppelgangery kind of thing. Really? Like, where people saw apparitions of, like, living people. It's rare. Or saw, like, yeah. two, you know, saw, like, you know, they, they saw somebody in the house and then it's like, you know, then the real person came home. You know what I mean? It's rare in poltergeist cases. Though. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like, I, but I remember, like, writing about a couple where that specific thing happened. It makes you wonder if it's, if that part of the story is fabricated or if the story is fabricated. Just saying. You know, I don't know. But like I said, that would be pretty weird, like yeah. seeing a fucking doppelganger of your sister when they're like standing right there. You know what I mean? That's like really weird. And I think I was weirded out. I don't know why this kind of shit weirds me out, but I was weirded out that the little girl was just like looking in the mirror, like doing her hands on the sink like that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why that freaked me out so much, but it did. The one that we had was strong enough to move objects <laughs> on a regular basis on command and re- and interact with you. But it kind of was kind of an ebb and flow w- with it. It would do it for a few hours and kind of fade off and then come back for a few hours and fade off. I would think that if it could have make a, a convincing apparition, it would have. We did see some like blue haze type phenomenon at a distance and uh, kind of a spherical things up around the corner of the ceiling like about the size of a softball or a grapefruit about like that but you'd try to look right at it and you couldn't you couldn't see it but if you looked a little bit to the side of it you could see it it was kind of like when you rub your eyes you see colors it's like that but it was just like a round ball and it was just kind of like a warped area but if you tried to focus directly on it it wouldn't be there you'd have to look to the side and you could kind of see it out of your peripheral vision you felt like it was watching you from there that's the only things that are close to an apparition. I would think that if, if a poltergeist could make an apparition that was real convincing, it, ours would have done it. Because it did everything else. Including tried to speak. But it was just garble. Couldn't understand what it said. Out of thin air, man. Scared the shit out of me. Ran from it. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the night when I was in bed. Yeah, huh. it was weird. Couldn't understand what it was saying. Though. It sounded like it was underwater. And backwards. So, uh, so I guess a couple of nights after the whole sister thing, I don't think that they told the parents, like, what they saw or heard, because they thought they heard their brothers, too, but their brothers were obviously were not in the hallway. So, uh, a couple nights after that, Romy, the mom, she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she said that she sensed someone in the room. I don't think she saw anybody at first. But she said she felt like somebody was in there and then they kind of had her looking out into the hall and she's like, what the fuck? Like she thought somebody was like running around out there. So she goes out to check on the kids. Everybody's asleep. Like nobody's walking around. Now, Romy is starting to have this kind of like feeling all the time, like in her room, like like she's always like sensing presences and whatnot. Yeah, but, she, but she doesn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. So a couple nights after that, she's very restless again. She can't really sleep and she keeps like, you know, tossing and turning or whatever. And then she wakes up at some point and like looks above her. And I'm guessing this is what they showed on the um, reenactment anyway, was that she sees kind of like a dark mist type situation. It didn't really look like a person, but it kind of looked like a mist with like a little bit of a suggestion of a face. Okay. Well, that's a like kind of. That, like kind of floating above the bed. That matches with with what we saw. Remember the blue haze mm-hmm. and things that are kind of spherical. Yeah. Okay, I buy that. I could, I could. Uh, if the poultry guys can make that kind of blue filmy haze, it could also shape it into something that was a rough face. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it could do that. I mean, that's kind of, like I said, yeah. I don't think she said that she saw that, but that's what they showed on the reenactment, okay. that it just kind of looked like a misty thing that sort of kind of looked like a face. Like a face, right. There was, like, kind of a lot of, other, like, misty sort of apparitions. Yeah. yeah. I think really curious. the only clear one was the one where the sister saw the other sister. Yeah, it was low res. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, you know, when, when you see it for real, this phenomenon, <laughs> it's, it's low resolution. It's not real crisp. You're not even really sure it's there. You know it's there. Everybody can agree that, yeah, it's there. But when you try to get up on it and look at it, it you can't see it. You kind of have to relax your eyes and kind of back off of it at a distance, and you'll see kind of like a haze. It was weird, you know. So maybe that's what this was. Yeah, it's probably what they're talking about. And it felt like it was looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, could it make like a vague face? Probably, possibly. Maybe that was just the show taking liberties. Probably. You see a haze scary. and it felt like it's watching you. You know what I mean? So they put a face in it. I don't know. <laughs> put a face in that shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, one day, not too long after all of this, uh, Romy and her sister are, I guess they do kind of like a Meals on Wheels kind of situation. So they're taking food to like an elderly neighbor of theirs. And they never met this guy before, I guess. But they go in and she's like, the old guy like shook her hand and immediately said, there's a spirit in your house. Yeah. Like he like he could see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Even though she'd never met him before. Yeah, that's a that's a that is a, a psychic phenomenon. What's it called? Uh, Tact? No, what's it? Where you touch something or a yeah, person? I know, I can't. Tachometry? What's I don't remember. And you can get images from touching something. Okay. Yeah. So the guy tells her, um, you know, yeah, like your house is haunted and shit, but it's like, don't be scared. You should follow the dark spirit. And um, Romy's like, nah, dog, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't think she said that to him. But she was, like, thinking that. She was like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. Which, I, you know, I don't blame her. Um, and then he tells her that her house is a gateway. That's what he says. So Romy says, okay, well, I'm definitely not, I don't like this gateway business, and I'm not going to, like, follow this fucking spirit around or whatever. I'm just going to um, ignore it and just hope that it goes away. Which, so this you know, psychic suggests that it's a ghost to her, so it's going to start acting like a ghost. Yeah. Although he may have just picked up the fact that she's very psychically charged and that she was manifesting a poltergeist. Yeah, maybe that's what he and, said. Like I said, his, she said she never met him before. It was just yeah. an old guy like that lived yeah. on the same street or whatever. And his psychic abilities and his his knowledge interpreted that as, oh, well, she's got a ghost in her house. But maybe he didn't know about Poltergeist, you know? So he, that was his interpretation. But yeah. I, I kind of predict if this story is true and the guy was a psychic, more plausible that he picked up a psychic charge off of her and got a view that there was a disturbance in her house. And he just thought that that meant ghost. But poltergeist, different, very different. She's making it herself. Muslims would call it a jinn. You know, your interpretation of what's happening is going to be based upon your culture. You know, because uh, that's the framework you're working out of. This guy, ghost. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, not too long after that... She has the skeleton dream again. Yeah. But this time, and I don't think this had happened previously, that was the implication anyway, but the skeleton that was in the dirt, like his arm comes out of the dirt and grabs her leg and like pulls it. And then apparently in real life, because she was dreaming that, but then apparently in real life, like something like legit pulls her out of bed, like by her leg. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of like pulled out and like pulled off the edge. Yeah. So, it, you know, it wasn't a skeleton. She didn't see a skeleton in real life, I guess. But she was dreaming that, and apparently that was, like, really uh, what happened. And so, like, she wait, she tries to wake up Fernando, like, her husband. But he doesn't wake up right away. But then finally he wakes up, and she's, like, down at the end of the bed being like, what the fuck? Like, I just got pulled out of bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had that fear in the poltergeist house up at Mav Mountain. I had two fears when I was sleeping. That something would grab me by the ankle and pull me off the bed. Never happened. The other fear was is that something would grab the sheets and pull it off the bed. Yeah, because I, I saw it do that, you know. Loped me and Lois saw the wasn't the sheet; it was the comforter slide off a of bed. That was fucking bizarre. So I was afraid that it would pull covers off of you, but it never did. I think I'd Weird. be more scared that it was going to grab my ankle. To be honest with you, yeah, I would try to keep my feet from the edge of the bed, you know, or yeah. even a couch. If we were because we were sleeping in the couch in the fucking hideaway bed, the, the hide a bed after. Because poltergeists can yeah. hide under a couch. They they don't need yeah. all, they don't need any room. Yeah, <laughs> that was some weird shit, man. Going back to those days. But yeah, so apparently skeleton arm just like pulled her out of bed. So Fernando, it's like he doesn't. He actually seemed like pretty supportive, but he hadn't really seen anything at this point. But he's not one of those motherfuckers on the show that's like, you're crazy. I don't I don't see anything, blah, blah, blah. He was just, I think he just didn't really know what to do. You know what right. I mean? The, more than anything. Um, so at this point, and you had this happen in your thing too, but like the whole family starts all sleeping in the living room. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing you can do. 
You're scared to be by yourself. You got to keep an eye on everybody. Yeah, well, that's what they're yeah. doing. So they're all sleeping out in the living room with all the kids, and they don't really say anything to the kids. However, they said that one of the sons says to the mom, "Oh, I know why we're all sleeping out here. It's because of the man in black." And I said, "Johnny Cash." <laughs> you guys are all sleeping in the living room because of Johnny Cash. Apparently not. Um, apparently, the kid has been seeing an apparition too. But the weird thing about it is that Romy said the kids didn't really seem scared. They were just kind of like, whatevs. You know what I mean? That's unusual. Which, yeah, I thought that was a little odd, too. Like I said, they didn't really talk to the kids to any great degree or anything, so... Maybe I don't... they didn't see any phenomena. Yeah. But, the th- well, I mean, if one of the sons knew, like, if he said to her, like, oh, about the man in black, that's why we're all sleeping out here... So, obviously, one of them at least had seen something, and one of the daughters said she saw the other sister, like a doppelganger of the other sister. So, you'd think they'd be freaking out, but maybe they were just kind of like, oh, well, I suppose that happens. It's unusual. I mean, they are Latino, and they're Catholics, so they, they already know about things like Candomblé, Macumba, Santeria, the idea of spirits, you know. So, they're already kind of comfortable with that. So maybe that kind of cushioned it. But usually kids are terrified of poltergeists. Well, yeah, I would imagine that they would be. Throwing objects can move things. You feel like you're being watched. You know, you assume it's a fucking demon. And they do feel kind of dangerous. Yeah. But if you get lighthearted, it starts to get lighthearted, too. It just mirrors whatever your feelings are. Yeah. But when you're terrified, it fucking scares the shit out of you. Pull a damn chain off. Pull a chain off a fucking door and shit. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was bad. Yeah. Got something out of them. Worse than Amity the Horror. That movie was worse. But yeah, so, I mean, at least according to Romy, she said the kids didn't really seem all that scared or all that upset about it. But um, Romy absolutely is, because she's like, well, if the kids are seeing it too, then that's probably not good, because she probably, she thought it was like dangerous, you know what I mean? So Fernando, actually, like I said, unlike a lot of the guys um, that are featured on this show... He basically says, maybe we should sell the house and move. Like, he hasn't seen anything at this point, but he's like, look, it's obviously, like, upsetting you, and, you know, it's not worth it. But um, she said she didn't really want to. I don't know if it was just because she still was obsessed with the house and really liked it, or she didn't want what she thought was a ghost to, like, run her out of her own home, or I don't really know what her reasoning was. I don't think she really articulated it. But she just didn't want to move. Um, And basically she said, I'm just going to suck it up. Uh, The kids seem okay. They're not afraid. Um, You know, so I guess we'll just keep on keeping on. Now, not too long after this, though, Romy said that she felt something, again, like pulling on her while she was sleeping. Um, And then when she woke up, Fernando said, man, you were like so restless, like all last night. You were just flopping all over the place. And then after she, after he leaves for work, she looks at her arm, and there's, like, teeth marks on her arm. Yeah, it's, it's from the shoulder all the way down to the elbow. Like, huge teeth marks. Yeah, like long, a fucking shark or something. Yeah, like a giant man. <laughs> and they're crooked. Crooked teeth. That's pretty weird. It's what they showed. I don't know if that's the way it really looked. Yeah, I mean, it might have just been, yeah. like, a little right. <laughs> scratch or something. They just wanted to make it look, like, super scary. Now, this goes back to uh, the Rain Man. Rain Man, I think he had bite marks on him too, didn't he? I don't actually remember. Who, Decker? Decker. Yeah, dying Decker. I think he died, didn't he? I I, I don't know. Okay. I gotta see if Decker's still... I, I wanted to get him on a show. Yeah. Maybe he can make a rain. That can make things fucking throw. Throw <laughs> shit. Make things disappear. <laughs> I make a shit disappear, man, and appear out of nowhere. It's kind of a pain in the ass, honestly. Yeah. And then pull fucking molding off the damn countertops and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, like I said, I don't know what the real teeth marks looked like. They were pretty impressive on the show, I'm going to say. Like I said, it looked like a big fucking... It looked like like a yeah. fucking shark bitter or a giant yeah. something. So, when she gets to work, she actually like goes to like a friend of hers at work, like a colleague or something. And she's like, I got to show you this kind of shit. Like, I guess she wanted like some outside validation or something. And so she shows this other lady, she's like, check this shit out. And she's like, holy shit, what the fuck? Like, so what bitch you? And uh, so she's like, okay, well, I'm not crazy then because somebody else sees it too. 
So then when she goes home and she shows it to Fernando, and again, he's, like, super freaked out. He's like, for real, like, we should move, okay? Because this is, like, this is not good. Um, so they're, and from this point, they just all sleep in the living room for, they said they slept in the living room for, like, the next six months or something like that. And then the next thing that happened on the show was that, um, Romy, I think she, like, wakes up in the middle of the night, or it was late at night or something, and she wakes up and she's like, I have to go see my aunt, like, her aunt had been in the hospital, like, she knew that, but she's like, I have to go to her, like, right now. And Fernando's like, what the fuck? It's like midnight or whatever it is. But she just like throws on her clothes and gets in the car and goes to the hospital. And when she gets there, like her aunt said, what took you so long? I've been calling you and calling you. Like not calling her on the phone, but like psychically calling her, I guess. And so she's like, okay, well, I'm here now. And she's like, her aunt died like an hour later. So it's like she was trying to call her like to come see her like before she died or something like that. Now, uh, again, this, this, there's kind of like, this one doesn't really have like a narrative through line so much. It's just kind of like a series of weird occurrences, which like, you know, that's, some of them are like that, but that's okay. Um, then a little while after that, she said one afternoon, a neighbor from, you know, somebody that lived in the neighborhood for a while, they came over and told her, oh, by the way, that um a lot of people like this house is kind of fucked up and that's like kind of why like it was abandoned for so long there's like there was a teenage boy i think and he had he had shot himself in the house like killed himself and then like his dad came home and found the body and then the dad hanged himself in the house like after he found his son's body the same day i guess Damn. i mean i don't think they said yeah that's pretty fucked up but it's like i'd hate to have to clean that mess up too that's jesus christ yeah, it reminded me of something that was kind of like that. What's that? Kind of a kind of a sad but heartwarming story. I don't remember the names involved, but they had this guy who was in California. He was a famous bodybuilder, and his wife was this uh, kind of big titty poster chick with the you know like they put on the posters and she with the big fake implants during mm-hmm. during, during the early eighties or something. They were in their forties then. And they were a happy couple, you know. And everybody knew him. You know, they show up on the scene. And he, uh, evidently he woke up and found a wife dead next to him. And um, he called his friends. He was uh, on the phone. He goes, Dude, he goes, she's dead. Help, give me some help. He was like, okay, man, they're on the way. And when they showed up, they found him in the in the chair next to the bed where she was laying dead. And he was dead. He had a pistol in his hand. But it wasn't shot. Just died of a broken heart. Damn. Yeah. So I guess, like, if he had a pistol, he was thinking about he was it. Thinking about but, himself, but he didn't ever do it. But he, he, died. he died. He died. Died of a broken heart. Holy shit! It does happen. I have heard yeah. of that happening. Yep. Yeah. And and that dude was on was heading straight to his house, and it was only like 15, 20 minute drive, so it didn't take didn't take him long. He had a 38 special pistol just still sitting in his hand on his lap. What did she die of? Do they know? Um, it was like a heart attack or something. Yikes. Something in her sleep. They were in their 60s. Oh, okay. I, th- I was, for some reason, I was no, thinking they were, they were like, they were younger. They were old. He was, he, at that time, he was in his 60s. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. happens sometimes too with like a lot of um, older couples that yeah. have been together for a really yeah, long time. Yeah, they were time. together for a long time. Because they're just so used to like being mm-hmm. around one another that. You know. Yeah, died the same day of a broken heart. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, Zach said, I've heard that happening to elderly couples a lot. Yeah. That's usually, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, if you've been, because shit, man, I I knew some older people, like, you know, they're dead now, obviously, but, you know, they'd been married, like, 40, 50 years, something like yeah. that. Can you imagine, like, being, like, seeing somebody for every day for 40 or 50 years, and then, yeah. like, suddenly they're gone? Like, it yeah. would be, like, really fucking... Yeah, you wouldn't be able to like deal with it. Most and you can will you, and then you will yourself to die. Mm. Shows you how powerful the mind is. It is, yeah. Just gave up the ghost. I'm always kind of like worried that I'm gonna accidentally yeah. like do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that a yeah. stupid thing to think? But yeah. I know that. Yeah. Well, I know that it can happen. Like I know that people can do it. Yeah. So it's like sometimes now I'm always like paranoid that I'm gonna have like some fleeting thought about some shit like that. And it's like, oh shit, now I'm gonna like really make that happen. Yep. <laughs> I need to quit thinking that. Stop it, stop it. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I guess you really, really have to like commit to it, mm-hmm. I suppose, but I don't know. I'm still kind of paranoid about it. 
Um, so yeah. So after this neighbor comes over and gives her this little cheerful nugget of information about the two suicides that took place in the house, um, which, like I said, I guess they were trying to imply... The weird thing about it is they seemed like the whole time they were trying to apply that there was something inherent in the house that was, like, it was haunted or some shit like that. Because she was saying, it's like, oh, she was attracted to it at first and blah blah But then in the end, you kind of figure out that it really didn't have anything to do with that. But apparently, like, some people thought the house was maybe haunted before they moved in. I mean, I thought that was the implication just because they just because everybody was like talking about how everybody left the house like nobody stayed for that long and people had died in there blah blah blah. so uh weirdly after she gets this information Romy they said she was mostly fine like for a few months they're like I guess the the um activity kind of tapered off for a little while um I think like some stuff happened but nothing like real egregious or anything but then uh one night Fernando actually wakes up in the bedroom and he said that he felt all around him it felt like an ice cold wind like not natural feeling right and then he sees they didn't really show exactly what he sees but he said like he seemed to be describing like it's like a black mist or like a black figure of some kind or like a weird shadow figure or something um so he saw it too like he saw it like coming into the bedroom it seemed like um so Romy wakes up, but he doesn't tell her exactly what he saw because like she had enough problems. It's like, you know, she didn't really need me to say, Hey, I saw like a freaky black figure come into the room. That's like, you know, so at this point they call up the deacon, uh, to come over and bless the house. So he comes over and does the thing and they actually had the, the real deacon on there talking for a few minutes. And then right afterward, um, Romy said she felt fine. Like for the rest of that day, it was just like, oh, yeah, maybe it worked. But then um, as soon as it was nighttime again, she started feeling like something was horribly, horribly wrong. And she started to suspect that maybe the blessing made the spirit stronger, which she's probably seen other episodes of the show because that's yeah. usually what happens. Um, so she apparently like was like, I, yeah, I don't really like the feeling in the in this place anymore. And so she starts sleeping because I guess they'd started sleeping in their bedrooms again because everything had kind of calmed down. But then when Fernando comes home from work on this particular day, like Romy's sleeping in the living room again. And then after this, they kind of imply that again, the activity sort of tapered off because they said at this point, like years go by now, Fernando and Romy still live in the same house. But their kids, like, grow up and move out and have kids of their own and shit like that. So it's been, like, a while, like, that's been going on. Now, one of the daughters um, has a son named Alex. So that's Romy and Fernando's grandson. Now, they notice that the kid has an imaginary friend that he calls Michael. And he talks to this Michael person all the time. And he says that sometimes Michael tells him to do things, which, you know, kind of like Demon Child. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you hurt the kitty? But yeah, so... Man said um, I could. Man said I, I to listen to you. Why did you, why did you pee in the closet? Because <laughs> I can't. No, no, what do you say? Man said it was okay. Man, Man said, said it was okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... So apparently Alec is seeing man. Yeah. And man's telling him to yeah. do things. <laughs> that was a great episode. I know, I know. I was thinking about doing that one again. Maybe we should like read We can do it again. That's like such a fucking funny episode. Yeah. Man said I could pee in the closet. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. I mean you're you're not the one that has to do long. Why not? Yeah. Might it's as well. a it's a little room. You can pee in that. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> right. So thinking of a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kinda like it's like an outhouse. Yeah. Indoors. Nobody'll know. Just close the door. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But yeah. <coughs> so He was peeing on his own clothes too. He was, yeah. He's marking his territory. <laughs> That's what he was doing. He thought that shit was cool, man. I guess. Yeah. Little boys are gross. But um, especially when they're under the influence of I'm man. a demon. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, so this kid is, like, seeing an imaginary friend. And Veronica, who was the daughter that was, you know, Alex's mom, she was like, well, she's like, at first I didn't think anything was weird, because, you know, a lot of kids have imaginary friends. Like, shit, my brother had one, I remember. But um, they used to sit behind the couch and talk to him all the time. But um, as it goes on, she's like, we started to figure out that he was actually afraid of his imaginary friend, which is not usually something that uh, that kids have with their imaginary friend. It's supposed to be a a friend, not an imaginary enemy, you know what I mean? So, um, apparently, like, he's sitting up, they, they kind of show the kid, like, in the bedroom, and he just keeps, like, sitting up, and he, like, thinks he hears something in the closet, like, something's talking to him, or something's, like, moving around in there, and so he calls out to his mom, and his mom comes in, but there's, you know, nobody in there, and then, uh, after she leaves, like, he's like, oh, there's still something in there. And then, like, there's, like, the hand comes around the door or whatever. And he's like, wah! You know what I mean? So. Now, a week after that, Alec is at Romeo and Fernando's house. So he's visiting the grandparents. And, um, the kid actually falls down the stairs. And he said that somebody pushed him. Like, at first, he thought that Grandpa, like, Fernando, pushed him. And he's like, why would I do that? I'm your grandpa. I'm not going to push you down the stairs. But he's like, yeah, somebody pushed me down the stairs. He said it looked like like his shoulder went out like that. And he just kind of thought he wasn't hurt like really bad. That he was just like bruised a little bit. He didn't break any bones or nothing. But um, yeah, Romy is like starting to freak out. She's like, oh shit, like this fucking ghost or whatever the hell it is, is back. Like, because I guess for many years it had been sort of like down on the down low. You know what I mean? Like it hadn't been like really bad. So, because the thing apparently, like, pushed this little kid down the stairs, Romy calls in the paranormal investigators, uh, and the one she called was named Amy Allen, and she was played by, they had the real woman on there, too, but the, she was played by that same, uh, actress that's on, like, what the fuck other one was she in? She was in a million fucking episodes. I can't remember. She's like that, she has, like, that kind of redheaded, and she has that real thin face. No, I don't remember. Yeah. But she's, yeah, you, you I remember the real psychic her. girl. She was in several of the. Yeah, she was too. Yeah. Like, she, I, maybe she's kind of well known in that area. I'm not yeah. really sure. But yeah, so, so this Amy Allen woman, they have a team come out and they have two different psychics and they come there like separately. So like the first psychic comes there and she kind of senses something. She's like, Ooh, there's some like a dark entity or whatever. And then they bring in a second psychic and she kind of says the same thing, like uh, apparently independently. Now, one thing they wanted to check for was that the house was really near, was it like a cell phone tower? Was I don't remember if it was a cell phone tower or just like some kind of power transformer kind of deal. And they were just like, oh, well, maybe there's like really high electromagnetic energy like in the area. And she also said something about that maybe something like the house was kind of like sucking in uh Romy and Fernando's energy, even though they were still alive and it was becoming absorbed like into the house and like reflected back out into it. Did she said something yeah. like that, like a stone tape kind of situation? Yeah, which is thank bullshit. you, Jeffy Art. Yeah, we, just you. just got out of class. What did I miss? Yeah, all kinds of shit. <laughs> all kinds of ghostly, you can go back ghostly and things. To it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that theory. I don't buy into that theory. It does. There's no reason why psychic memories would be encoded into into. Uh, physical material that way yeah because it would just be a lot more probable that it's recorded in, in in a slightly parallel dimension in other words that that then that would so you know what i mean the location really wouldn't matter and the and whether or not an, a, a building was standing wouldn't matter what happened in the past happened in a place and a time and you could access it no matter where you were in this dimension so that goes back to the kind of like the akashic records theory that you, you know what i mean that time is a singularity it's it's all ha past present and future are all happening at the same time you're just pa passing through it the stuff from other times and other places are in other dimensions basically if you come up out of this one you might be able to access another place and another time. that's more likely because it involves other dimensions which we don't really can't you can't really disprove those but you, I'm pretty sure you could disprove that memories and the past are not recorded in physical medium, like walls. No. 
you could, I'm sure. But you that was kind of a thing, like in the seventies. In the seventies, they thought maybe. because yeah. well, yeah. And I was gonna say that I even did um, a review. There was a British TV movie called The Stone Tape, and that's where the the name came from. Yeah, yeah. is from that movie, and it was uh, I think it was written by Nigel Neal actually, who wrote a lot of stuff from over there, and it's actually pretty good. And that was kind of the whole um, premise of that was they were going in this scientific team. And they were, uh, they, I don't think they actually went there. They didn't, they weren't paranormal investigators. They were like audio science yeah. scientists or something. And they were like working on some new technological breakthrough. And they went to this, they were moving their offices to this old, uh, mansion or this old castle or something like that. And then they started getting all these weird, like, audio anomalies, and they yeah. figured out that, like, all the hauntings had, like, seeped into the walls, and it was, like, replaying them. Well, I think it's more likely that the past is stored in the past. All right. <laughs> it's not stored in the walls. The past is stored in the past. And there may be a way you can access information from the past in the same way you can access information from the future and have a premonition. That is, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. It's more. It's a lot more plausible because at least some of the science is there. The past is in the past. There may be a part of you that's outside of t- space time, in a slightly other dimension, like a quantum version of yourself somewhere, who can see the past or the future, or at least access it slightly. But I don't believe it's recorded in any walls. It's well, see, that's why I thought it was really. Time. I thought it was really interesting yeah. that she said that because. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's like a seventies, like, like a stone tape kind of yeah. kind of deal. And you didn't really, you don't really see a lot of the paranormal investigators like talk, like going for that angle. Yeah. So I thought it was, I you know, I don't think that it's, it, you know, I don't think it's real. I don't really think no. that's legit. But I just thought it was interesting that they brought it up because I don't really think that anyone else has brought it up on the show. It's before. far more likely that the past is stored and recorded in the past, in in in, in space time. And you may be able to access that, or a part of you may be able to access that. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. That makes sense a lot more sense. Than the walls sucking yeah. in your energy. Yeah. Which, that's kind of what she was, and I guess it, I guess the way she was talking about it was kind of like a roundabout way of getting to like what she was saying. But yeah. she, she was kind of saying that it's like, oh, the energy that was coming off the living people, like it yeah. was already starting to get absorbed into the atmosphere or whatever the fuck. As far but, as I know, I've never had an, a, a, a premoni- or I've never had a vision of the past. But I have had visions of the future. Dream, you dream true. You dream something and it comes true. Or you have a feeling that something will happen. It happened a lot when I was a little kid. I have a feeling that something would happen and it would happen. What does that mean? There may be part of your consciousness that's slightly outside of space-time that can see it coming. Maybe. 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 Even in my adult life, I've had feelings that came true. Things that came true. Premonition-type things. Yeah. But some people say well, that might just be intuition. But sometimes it involves specific people and things that I couldn't have known. You know what I mean? It's just... But unless you were me, I wouldn't, you really wouldn't understand it. You know? It's a Tom thing. It's you wouldn't Tom. understand. <laughs> There's another shirt. <laughs> well, my first wife, as soon as I saw her, was in a club. As soon as I saw her, I said, I heard a voice say, that's your wife. That's your future wife. You're going to get married to her. And that happened. Now, did I fulfill that? I don't know. Too many coincidences happened. <clears throat> Why would you think that? I don't know. I, I have think, heard of like some I people said. I never felt like that. But yeah, I, I heard a voice heard. say, that's your wife. You're going to marry her. Huh. I, I heard that in my face. In my, in my, my, <laughs> I heard my that face. in your face. I heard my, heard my mom. <laughs> but then I just shook it off. But that came true. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And it came true pretty quick. A matter of a few weeks. We were living together. Hmm. It was a whirlwind thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And there was no way just by looking at some girl you could come up with some shit like that. Because too many things fell into place. Where she lived, you know what I mean, was pretty near me. Fucking uh, the situation. She was just breaking up with a boyfriend. I had just moved it. Too many damn coincidences for me to come up with some shit like that. I'd never seen that woman. Yeah. And she was cute, but she wasn't, you know head and shoulders cute above everybody else and I'm thinking oh I wish I could marry that's not what it was yeah I just instantly knew I got that message hmm yeah weird huh that is weird 
Yeah. And at that time, you know, I was younger, so I did that shit more, more recent, more often. Probably when you, probably the first time you saw me, your psychic thing said, look at that stupid bitch over there. <laughs> no. I don't remember the first time I saw you, actually. You weren't alone. That's true. Yeah, I ignored you. You were with a guy. Yeah. So I don't even remember the first time I saw you. That's true. If you're with a, if you're with a, with a dude, I got a filter on. A <laughs> filter, you're, you're invisible. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, you're already spoken for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In general, if you're over 40, you're invisible, too. Very rare, because you look at a lot of women, just the average woman over forty. I mean, it's just you just you just you're just invisible. You well, know? yeah, women are very aware of that. Yeah. yeah, actually, a lot of them. I kind of feel like a lot of them are relieved, yeah, especially maybe. ones that were like really really pretty when they were younger, yeah. and they just got like a bunch of unwanted attention. Yeah. So like once you get a little bit older, it's kind of like, phew, I can like actually walk around without. People like now, if she's a good-looking forty-year-old goth chick, that's totally different. They're, they're not—they're not invisible, right? But if you're over forty, hanging out the oasis over there in the fucking bike, no, you're invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Hear that, ladies? <laughs> you're invisible. better use it while you get, before you lose it. <laughs> or, like I said, it's probably like a relief to like. Yeah, people. I don't think women care. No, they probably don't. Well, look what they had to deal with. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're just probably like, shoot, thank God. They can just, it's like I can just go, get sick of I can just go and like get a cup of coffee without yeah. like some dude like fogging up yeah. on me like all the time. But yeah. Uh, so, okay. So the paranormal team are actually going to spend the night there. But I'm assuming this was the same night. I mean, like I said, those, I'm not real clear on like all the timeline on this one. But. Romy is like she's in her room and she can't sleep again like she's having like hard time sleeping she said that she felt like her room was full of people that's what she, that's what she said it felt like even though obviously just Fernando was in there and she like couldn't take it so she's like she gets up in the middle of the night she starts like packing her shit like I gotta get out of here there's like too many fucking people in this room but I guess they kind of like talked her down from that now, the next morning, they all have, they're all sitting around breakfast, and, like, the, the team is, like, talking to them, and they're like, okay, we have sensed, like, some kind of weird dark energy something, and one of the psychics, or both psychics, said that there are two portals in the house. I don't know. That didn't really, like, factor into anything, and then um, they said maybe Romy is, like, really sensitive to the energy, and maybe she, that's why she's the one that's, like, experiencing all this stuff, and the rest of her family didn't really seem to experience it at least to the same degree. And also, I think the psychic was asking her, it's like, how can you even stand to live here because this shit is, like, really haunted and there's portals and whatnot, and the, like, you're, like, super sensitive and don't seem to be aware of it, I guess, was what they were getting at. So at this point, they do the whole sage deal and all of that. And then Amy's like, okay, well, I'm going to go through all the data that we collected, like, while we were at your house, and then we're going to decide, like, on a plan of action, like, what we're going to do. So a few weeks later, um, Amy comes back to do another cleansing and goes into uh, Romy's room and she's like meditating or whatever in there. And she said that while she was doing this, she quote unquote made contact, but she determined that whatever this thing was in the house wasn't a person. They're like, it wasn't a dead person. It wasn't a ghost. It wasn't a demon. It wasn't anything like that. She said it was just energy. So I'm guessing she was saying that it wasn't like an intelligent uh, thing. You know what I mean? So she's like, at first she told Romy, she's like, well, what you need to do is just like forcefully tell this thing like to go away. So after Amy leaves, um, Romy starts feeling like really, really sick. And then she gets like really mad and starts like yelling at this spirit, which she thinks is a spirit, like tell it to get the fuck out. Right. And so then she calls Amy up again like, presumably for help or advice or something. But in Amy's house, so apparently, she sees, like, a black shadow, like, materializing, like, up in the, like, on the um, corner of the ceiling, like, in her house. Hmm. 
And so she's like, she's like looking at it and she's like, um, you know, yelling at it to leave or whatever. So she calls Romy basically like, why is your fucking poltergeist shit like over at my house now? Like, thanks a lot. So yeah, so she's figured out, she's like, okay, well this thing is essentially a poltergeist and like Romy is the focus. So she's the one causing it. And she has determined that uh, Romy is evidentially, evidentially, evidently. Um, manifesting her anxieties into a being or like yeah. into some kind of energy that's causing changes. So Seems like a psychic golem. Yeah. So like when she tells her that Romy said she, it kind of made sense. And she was like, then she started feeling really bad and like really guilty because she's like all of this time I've been subconsciously like tormenting the family that I was trying to protect all of this time like putting my family in danger yeah. and she's like and it was me I mean, she wasn't doing it on purpose you know what i mean because we've talked about that before but she just said she felt really guilty about it and then um then they kind of like wrapped the whole thing up a little bit it was a little bit anticlimactic because they were like well over the years i guess like the manifestations sort of like lessened like eventually but they said that Romy was still struggling with it and she that's she calls it her curse hence why the episode is called cursed um amy is basically like well anytime we have a situation like that we always advise therapy because obviously you have you have some some kind of like mental issues that is causing you to uh act out in uh poltergeisty sort of ways which is uh not a good thing pushing your grandson down the stairs and all that other kind of uh stuff if we're if presuming that all of this is true like that this story is it fits with what went down with my family me and my family, yeah. It doesn't. It's, it, it it lacks. It lacks a lot of key poltergeist um, features, though. It never really mentioned objects being thrown or teleported. Or they didn't, did it? Did they? No. That's usually like one of the first things that happens. Or that, knocking sounds. Yeah, or knocking, scratching. Scratching sound. Things. That's sounds very coming common. from walls. Um. What's another real common one would been. Um, well, they did say that there were be- feelings of being watched, but mostly things like objects appearing or appearing or disappearing, like right in your midst. You set a glass down, you turn your grab, so you go back to the glass, and glass is gone, and you find it downstairs in a cupboard. That that kind of shit, you know. I have that happen every now and then. So. You do? Well, it hadn't happened for a while, but yeah. I think well, last time was still at the old house. Okay, when the shit was going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I went in the bathroom and like I put my razor down like that, and yeah. then like I went and do something, and then I, and yeah, it was gone. yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn it! Well, you're sitting there, <laughs> and then it starts. And then if you give it too much attention, and, it, and if if you get spooked by it, it starts acting up even more. And you're sitting there, and you might just something just fall out of the damn thin air. You didn't see it to materialize, or anything. you just see it in motion, and it'll hit and not bounce. And it might be a coin or something, or a key, and Pookie catches key. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've been looking for that. She's like, ah. and she had the key. She was, my motorcycle key. It was gone for about three days. Yeah, we tore the fucking house up looking for that Never shit. Find it. We couldn't find that I was thing anyway. Playing with Pookie, and she was down by my feet, and I saw something fall, and her catch it, and she had the key in her hand, and she was nibbling on it. That's that's the key. <laughs> She's so like, it, no, this is my toy. <laughs> so I didn't see it materialize out of air, out of thin air or anything. I was looking down and it was already in motion. But I saw it fall maybe about three, four inches and she grabbed it. And, you know, pretty cool. Poltergeist gave Pokey the key to yeah. play with. Because it knows that she likes to chew on rubbery things. The only thing that's happened here <laughs> recently was, I guess it was almost a year ago. I was pissed off and I was looking for something and my eyes were scanning across the top of, uh, I don't remember what I was, I might have been looking for the motorcycle key again. You're always losing that shit. My, my, well, that and your glasses. He's always yeah. losing his glasses. I think it takes the glasses. Probably. <laughs> and um, um, my my eyes were skinning across the top of a, uh, of a of a bookcase that I have there, and it hit a stainless steel ring that was a skull, and as soon as my eyes went off of it, it flew up about three inches and fluttered down to the ground like a leaf 
It didn't go straight down. It went side to side. And I went, wait a minute, and looked down, and there it was. Like, it was so natural and so normal that I was looking away from it when it fluttered down slowly to the ground, like a piece of paper or a leaf. But it was a big stainless steel ring. And I just kept going. Because when the phenomenon happens, I don't notice it a lot of times. It seems normal. Because I'm, I'm in a different state of mind. Like when the remote flew off and our friends saw it, it flew off the table. I was so, I was pissed off, but I was so unaware of it. I saw it go, but I didn't care. And it hit, yeah. hit the ground and made a loud noise. Pow! And I don't even think it bounced. It just stuck. And they freaked out and I was, I didn't even care. And I went, oh yeah, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? And I was standing there, my hair started to stand up on the back of my neck, and I looked down, and there was a stack of coins at my feet. Well, I had said before, I said, what, I said, why don't you do something useful, like bring me some bring me some money? Yeah. And my hair started standing up. They're like, there you go. There was a stack <laughs> of coins at my feet, but that was from the dresser. Yeah. It didn't bring any new money. No, no. Just right here, have some yeah. change from the other I was room. imagining like a fucking <laughs> an entire pallet of crisp $100 bills See, from, that's from the what... bank. Right. That's what I was stuck in there. See, that's what I would have wanted. Right. I mean, we could still, you could still do that. You still got the powers. Just manifest. Manifest it. I'll help you. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. I'm thinking about it right now. You can't Just right there do it. in the middle of the floor. You can't consciously do it. Although, you see, I want a pallet of money. That's why I wanted to talk to the rain man, Donnie Deckard. Because he <laughs> could consciously do it. That's one of the, and the prison wardens and everything saw it. And the and the the prison uh, and the prison guards, making it rain in his cell, like like a torrent, torrential rain, inside his fucking cell. Then he hit he hit the warden with a big blob of water. And he was on in his office on the other side of the prison. The prison guards was like, hit the warden. Can you hit him? He goes, yeah, I got him. I can I can get him. He goes, get him. And he went, I got him. And then he went over there to go see the warden, and he had a big old spot of water. In his shirt, he didn't know where it came from. Instead of a, instead of a round ball of water hit him in the chest. It would have been cooler if it was like something that was more like provable, like something that yeah. was like. Well, they like, were scared of him. Like, how about like mayonnaise or something, yeah. like something more noticeable, or something that you wouldn't necessarily have just like. They were because water that'd be like the prison guards were scared of him. They said being around him was just like being around death death and depression because that's he was real super depressed and rain would just be come out of the walls out of nowhere inside his cell just like Eeyore yeah yeah they sent a priest in there to fucking try to exercise him and the priest was all the water shifted off of him and onto the priest and the guards said that said it was wind and rain and it all just focused in on that priest while he was trying to read that bible and then it, it slowly went away, and he got out of jail. But it did even better shit at his house. The cops saw it and everything. It was raining inside his house before he get, before he went to jail. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> he made it rain in the restaurant too, didn't he? Uh, I did think he take so, him to yeah. a restaurant? It started raining in the restaurant. Yeah, I think so. It was a pizza parlor. Speaking of which, Camp Guy said, I was cooking a frozen pizza, and then about an hour later, I found a burned pizza in my oven. What the fuck? <laughs> And Ben said, the Lord works in mysterious mm -hmm. ways. <laughs> yep. Ben said, I used to have one of those skull rings that disappeared into thin air one day. Maybe that's yeah, just something those skull rings do. Now, one of my girlfriends gave it to me. The, one of my biker girlfriends gave it to me. His biker wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She got one shoulder up here and the other shoulder down there. Really? Yeah, remember, she's the one that got crunched up in that accident. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, dude. She's funny. I don't funny. remember. She's, I don't, she's, I don't remember she's funny. That. Especially when she's smoking crack. When she's smoking crack, she's really funny. <laughs> she's got about you half... You know, you're much, you're much funnier when you're on crack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's still got about half her teeth, probably. Yeah. She was flirting. She's about 50. And she had... She goes, look at all those riches I have. And he goes, he came in here and he gave me all these. I said, who did? He goes, this guy. You know? and she had, <laughs> just she, this guy. This guy, yeah. And she had all these stainless steel rings of different kinds. And one of them was a skull. And I says, I'm going to take that one. She goes, oh, you going to take it? And I said, yeah, I'm going to take it. And then he goes, well, what's this mean? And I says, we're married. 
<laughs> and she's like, okay, you my husband. <laughs> right, that's, what, that's how that happens. She's going to sue you for alimony one of these days. Every and then, time then she you're going to be Where sorry. the fuck you been? Where the fuck you been? So I'm with my other, my other wife. She's like, you tell her I said hello. Kind of shit, you know? yeah. yeah, she's funny. <laughs> she's cool with it. Yeah, oh yeah. I got other shit. I got, I got other women. Because I know you do, sugar, and all that kind of shit. You know, she's just fucking funny. Funny. It's all a game. It's all a game. <laughs> She's probably waiting for you to bring her some crack. I, she never asked for crack. She's got you people buying. She's, she's got. She's got. Uh, she's got old crackheads buying her crack. That's a crack scene, you know. Them old fucking sixty-year-old, seventy-year-old crackheads probably hitting. You know. Yeah, I got some crack. Come on, let's go around the back. <laughs> you know. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> you can't take that shit seriously, man. <laughs> All right. Little fucking bikers. <laughs> well, they're having a good time, probably. Yeah. She, does, she doesn't have a motorcycle. She just ends up on them. You know. She's what they call a mama. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> she just kind of belongs to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair enough. Get on her back. We're going to... Okay. <laughs> You talk real sweet to me, baby. I'm gonna get you some teeth. <laughs> Keep it classy out there, everybody. Yeah. I gotta say though, they're fucking hilarious. Real, real, real friendly. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, so um, so I guess that was the end of the episode, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was actually a good episode. I had forgotten yeah, I all about that one. Yeah, it was good. I had forgotten all about that one, and I had yeah. forgotten that it was uh, about a poltergeist, even though yeah. they didn't tell you that until the very end. Yeah. But, you know. So, uh, how long have we been going? Hour and 12 minutes. Okay, that's perfect. Perfect length. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, where we are, it's 9 o'clock, and I still got to take a shower and get shit ready for work tomorrow, because I got to get up really early. Yeah. So, you know, sorry we started a little bit late. But we didn't start that late. It was like 20 minutes late, something yeah. like that. It didn't seem to be just uh, bothering anybody. No, I guess not. We still making money. <laughs> we're not making money. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So um, we're like I said, we're probably not going to do a movie review tomorrow night, but we will do the regular show on Wednesday night. And the regular show we're doing a true crime one is going to be about old Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer, which I've been wanting to cover that guy for a long time, and I. Thought we had done him already, but I guess not. Even if we actually, I'm going to go look and we probably already did. But no, I think we didn't do that guy. So I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on Wednesday night. So hopefully you guys can all make it then. We're, like we're going to start at 7.30 again because, like I said, you know I don't get home until 6 or 6.15 or something like that. So I like to have a little bit of time to kind of get ready. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see you guys again on Wednesday night. Thanks for dropping by. Have a good rest of your evening. Have a good day tomorrow, and we'll see you on Wednesday night.